right. Well, hey, let's just jump into it then. So this is the Enemy Slime Podcast, episode 34. I am your, I suppose we would say, host, Jared. And with me, we have back from his longtime adventure, the uh, lovable, the, the much beloved Lucio Lorenzino. I missed you too, baby. I am also joined once again with our series regular, Mr. Jay Joseph. He bumped up. Yeah. Hello. So let's let's talk a little bit about uh, about last week, because okay. or or, or well, uh, last week we may- did this podcast. Only there was one less of us. Yeah. No, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean all the awkward oh. things that happened last week. I like quite like that. Yeah. I just I just thought maybe we could talk about you know some of the things that are going on in the world around us, uh, like like the you know Russia and uh, and all the troubles that we're having with them. You know stuff like Before that. Doing this real talk. So, so like climate change. Well, yeah, climate change is a big one for sure. Uh, we're definitely. Well, I think they also released a Far Cry Four poster. Well, so that's actually where I, you read my mind. So, so last Thursday, Ubisoft revealed some more details uh, in relation to the up, upcoming Far Cry game, which is titled very creatively Far Cry Four. Oh wow! No way. Uh, so far, what we know. How do they, they think of that? We we know that Far Cry Four will feature elephant riding, uh, okay. pre-order bonuses, and if you weren't already aware, racism. It, it's racist now. It, uh, it it would appear to be racist too. Is that a feature? Well, yes. Okay. Uh, it's it's listed. Fact, there's extra racist DLC announced. Now, you guys actually may have seen more of the outrage about it than I did, because I'm I'm even well, yet to see. I don't know if I would call it outrage. The way I think of it is, like, have you ever gone... I don't know, let's say you've gone to Walmart or the supermarket, right? And you go inside the supermarket, and you buy your produce and your milk, and then you're leaving, and you see a homeless guy in the parking lot shouting about how Obama is, is ruining the country. And, you know, no one else really cares about the homeless guy. Everyone else is getting in their cars or whatever. It's like, okay, this guy's crazy. Let's just leave him alone. Let's keep driving off. Um, so it's like that kind of outrage, maybe. Well, I mean, it does it does feature a, uh, a clearly white male, uh, an Aryan, even. Uh, an Aryan, yes, and he's got his... His hand on someone who is not an Aryan, but here's the here's the thing: if you actually do the research into the uh, quote unquote racism, it's really just a handful of Twitter users complaining that it's racist, and it really seems like uh, reaching for straws to me. I mean, I don't I don't know if you guys are aware, but so when when it comes to racism, when a writer wants to. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for, to to take a part of himself, like an ugly part of himself, when he wants to express it in his in his writing or his works, it is traditional that when you have a viewpoint, you make that the viewpoint of your uh, villain. That's that's usually how you relate people to the way you feel about things. <laughs> right. You make your you you put yourself in there as the as the villain of the game, uh, who will you know surely be shot, presumably pretty early on. I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. I, I thought it. I thought so, it looked pretty, pretty uh, innocuous. But obviously, I'm not the. I'm, I mean, the guy. The guy's sitting on a throne, and he's surrounded by weapons, and you know, it's it's. You get the idea that he's kind of not the good guy in this game. What's What's almost more upsetting to me is that we haven't even seen the game in action, and we already have like fully detailed pre-order bonuses. Oh wow! Okay, it could it could not even be a first person shooter for all you know, right? But right. we well, but we yeah. have completely detailed uh, pre order bonuses. Uh, we we know what extra missions we're going to get. We know what gigantic phallus gun we're going to receive. 
as a reward for telling Amazon that we're going to buy it a little earlier. So before we go so, into the pre-order bonus thing, earlier well, today to... Ubisoft released actually the stories and details for the game. Yeah. Well, and it well, says I mean, actually I want to do I want to reverse that because I, before we go into the 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 story of the game, I want to know if the pre-order bonus will allow me uh, to get my own Tibetan man and rest my hand on his head <laughs> and rest your hand gently on his head. Yes. Uh, let me look here. No. Oh, damn it. According okay. to this, no, no. Right. But what it will let you do is it will give you a gigantic gun that is so heavy that you can only hold it at a waist high uh, level, making it look very much like a dong or wang, if you will. So oh, wow. Okay. You're, you're going to receive that. Oh, that's nice. So I mean, it's nice. It's nice for my 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 phallic instruments to actually represent my phallus. Yes, yes. <laughs> and he does the exact same thing as your phallus does. Yeah, yeah. It, it kills people. Exactly. Yeah, just that's, just that's, like <laughs> just like your rear phallus. Duh. Everyone knows that. So anyway, what? <laughs> I, I feel like there's. I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm doing some shitty journalism here. What what story details did we get today? Not about Jace Cock. That's all real. But I didn't know that more story stuff had had leaked so, out. What do we got? So somebody leaked out the following blurb, which says, "Hidden in the majestic Himalayas lies Kirat, a country steeped in tradition and violence. You are Ajay Gale, traveling to Korea to fulfill your mother's dying wish." You find yourself caught up in a civil war to overthrow the oppressing regime of the dictator Pagan Min, which is supposed to be the suit guy there. So apparently he's not even white, he's just... Wait, 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 he's a dictator? Yeah, he's a dictator. I oh. thought he was a nice guy. No, he's he was... I, I thought for I, sure I, he'd I be know the protagonist. I know the suit might give you the impression that he's a nice guy, but apparently he's not. Oh, uh, you oh. you can't... So if, I mean, if you're... If, if, if he's dictating to the people, I, I take that to assume... His representation of colonialism is in a negative light, maybe? That's ridiculous. Everybody knows that colonialism is the best thing ever. Okay, all right. Continue. You're continue. just being silly now. <laughs> Explore and navigate this vast open world where danger, blah, 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 blah. The rest is just bullshit. But yeah, so, you know, he's not even a white guy there. So, you know, he's oppressing his own people, which I guess it's cool. I don't know. Oh, so we're not playing it. No, you're not playing a white dude, and you're and the guy on the throne is not a white dude either. He's whatever Himalayan. Oh wait, I'm not gonna. Yeah, so I'm not white. No, nobody's white. Oh, well, I don't want to play it. I mean, I, sh- I assume there might be a white guy there, but apparently the leads aren't white. Hmm. This is sounding, you know, not racist. You know, that's weird. You know what I really, uh, and I don't know why I expected them to do this again, but it's kind of disappointing to know that they're not. It's something that I found really appealing about Far Cry 3 is... Uh, did you guys both play it? Um, yes. And it's I only played Blood Round, actually. So. Oh, okay. I, well, I, I played Far Cry 3, but I didn't get very far because um, there's another minigame inside Far Cry 3 called You Play. And you know, that's <laughs> a real challenge right there. So uh, one of the things that I did like about it, though, is that your character is not like in the military. He's not there to do combat. He wasn't planning on even holding a weapon, much less killing someone with it. Uh, he was just there to play some beer pong, and shit went gnarly. And uh, I found that I found that appealing. I, I, I thought it was a nice kind of mix-up from, you know, like the modern-day shooter, where it's like, all right, guys, rolling yeah, out. You don't cool. need all that shit if you have tattoos. No, no Russian. No Russian. <laughs> 
go. Um, so I don't know. And, and talking about all this racism thing, right? The kicker of this yeah. is Far Cry 2 exists. Yeah. Far Cry 2 plot is basically you're a mercenary and your job is to fuck the shit up in Africa. So that's what you do the whole game. And yeah. you are not African. <laughs> well, that's the that's the thing. I think um, you know, I some small part of me can't help but feel we're making a big deal of all this stuff because it's trendy to make a big deal of it right now. Well, don't worry because no more than a few days went by and uh, Macklemore dressed as a, a joking Jew. Oh yeah, I saw that. Serious? And rescued rescued <laughs> yeah. Far Cry from. <laughs> oh, no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Was he singing uh, thrift store? <laughs> he was. He was. He was. He was singing. It's actually the yeah. the song is titled yeah. "Thrift Shop." Um, Whatever. Well, I just think that you know. If we're gonna, I'm sorry. I, I if we're gonna don't appeal have, to. The, I don't have your uh, knowledge of Macklemore. Well, I just think if we're gonna appeal to the 12 to 15 year old girl demographic, that we should really get it right. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. So, yeah. Consider what um, we say in this podcast. I hope now, they're not <laughs> fifteen-year-old girls listening. Now I don't know when you're—I don't know when you're ever going to hear a Jew talk about popping tags, uh, but I—we're uh, <laughs> going to be our own racist podcast. <laughs> uh, see, if people want something to complain about, they can complain about us. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, we're we're the, we're the we're, worst. Ugh. Yeah, we're actually giving them—you know—their straw men to chase that. Burn. There's there's some fuel to the fire here. Yeah. But anyway, so that's that's Far Cry Four. So ele- elephant riding pre-order bonuses. You are not white. That's uh, that's what we know so far. And the bad guy isn't white. And you know no. what? I, I skipped the other part Even of news. He looks pretty fucking white. I skipped the other part of news that was actually relevant, which is it's coming out this year. Uh, a lot of people expected it as part of next year, but it actually has been moved up, so we should see it this fall. I, I presume it's also going to be playable at E3. Is it um? Is it next gen only? Uh, no, it is launching on everything because that's how we wow. do things now. I, I yeah, can't. No, Watch, Watch Dogs was everything, and uh, Assassin's Creed was everything. So U- Ubisoft's like gold standard is to develop for like six, sometimes I think about six platforms at once. That's probably about yeah. right. Well, develop six platforms at once, and then make sure we have a release every year because that guarantees quality. Well, and I wonder if that's what they're going to try to do with Far Cry. Because be it's, it's been two years since Far Cry 3, so... To be fair, the last time I checked, um, EA was still releasing FIFA for the PS2, so... Oh, yeah, really? That's probably true. <laughs> okay. No, I'm not kidding. That, those uh, are always... Sports games are always the last titles to be released for those systems. Because uh, most of the people who play them are a lot more casual uh, as far as playing games goes. And so, you know, I, I know plenty of people even right now who... Not necessarily PlayStation 2s, but, you know, aren't have probably like a fatty PlayStation 3 and aren't planning on switching that out anytime soon. Yep, here we go. They released FIFA 14 for PS2 as well. So there you go. It's a hit. So let's let's talk about another big reveal that we had this week. So Thursday, Ubisoft announced Far Cry 4. And then Friday, uh, Microsoft followed their lead by releasing as little information about Halo 5 as humanly possible <laughs> while, <laughs> while at least still giving us information. So we now know that Halo 5 will be subtitled Guardians, which is a first for the numbered entries in the series. And I think Sand, which was also previously confirmed, looks like it is still included in the game. Oh, okay. It looks, oh, like, it looks like there will be Sand. It looks like there will be Sand, and I also see Power Armor 
in a female shape there, unless I'm hallucinating. Mm, is it is it female? I was kind of thinking that. I, uh, yeah, I'm yeah not, I, I, I got that vibe too from it. Let me let me I, st- stare at it for a second here. Oh wait, I didn't put the picture in our article, and I well, switched it to Master Chief because I'm sexist. Oh, Master Chief, yeah, you are sexist. Damn it! Uh, that's definitely a that that power armor definitely has childbearing hips. Let's see here. I'll be the judge of that because I know. Maybe, maybe the power armor just likes cake. I know a woman when I yeah, that's a chick. Chick is demeaning. <laughs> oh, <you know>. Fuck. <laughs> well, <laughs> you um, know, you know what I mean. So who will that be? What what do you think her name will be? Mistress, Mistress Chief. Mistress Chief. Mistress Chief. Madam Chief. Madam Chief. <laughs> Ooh, Madam. I like it. All right. Well, okay. That uh, that woman will be Ma- Madam <laughs> Chief. Boy, let's see. Who can we? Oh, hey, I know who we can offend next. Let's move on here. Uh, well, let me say, I'm, I'm, I'm sure she's going to be a very capable and effective commander. Well, I mean, well, let's the... think about the, the, the trailer that they released with uh, the announcement. Why is Master Chief wearing a cloak when he's already has power armor? Oh, oh my god! Oh my god! This is this is very much questions. a last year kind of thing. Don't, don't ask these questions, okay? Uh, why? Why, why would you do okay, that? Okay, okay. Why you, would you look? <laughs> did you not see the sand? I saw the sand. Okay, so power armor. Now imagine, now imagine that you're in fucking armor that takes like forty minutes to put on, probably, and you're trudging around in sand, and you get some sand like down in your boots. And like uh, down in your you ass see that crack. That supposed to be worn in space, man. It stops bullets. <laughs> no, doesn't no, stop sand. <laughs> you it's airtight. Oh, you're telling me you've never tucked your like jeans into your socks and still didn't get a bunch of sand in you? Because you did. I live in Florida. Well, I live in Utah. <laughs> well, maybe maybe the cloak is to protect his eyes from the sun. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Power dude, that, no, forget that visor. <laughs> <laughs> okay well even, even remember it's, it's a sign for space even if it serves no practical usage i think that you can probably still looks, say that like it's cool. to protect his instruments from the harsh environment <laughs> okay so fuck all that let's say none of that's right <laughs> let's say none of that's right he looks he looks cool yeah, yeah that, that he is looks cooler <laughs> looks cooler with the with the cloak yeah uh, capes make everything cooler this is just that I simple. I thought I was watching the fucking Witcher 3 trailer for a second. <laughs> so let's see. I'm going through my list here. Who have I upset today? Uh, women. Check. Jews. Yes. Uh, maybe even white people, perhaps. I know. You did say something about Muckling. Let's move on to... So uh, we missed this last week, uh, Jay, but I thought it was maybe worth talking about. So short, shortly after Nintendo announced their somewhat bizarre uh, life simulator, Tomodachi Life, Please don't. Pe- people noticed that you couldn't have homosexual relationships in it. Yeah, yeah. So since that reveal, Nintendo has issued a formal apology and promises to be more, oh, they didn't say more gay, but more inclusive uh, in the future, which I think is I think is nice. And I think a lot of people were, of course, upset by this this aspect of Tomodachi life. But at the same time, I think that you can't really blame Nintendo because it's not that they don't like gay people. It's that they're so sweet and innocent, they didn't actually know that, that was a thing. Well, I mean, and the conditions it's, are different in Japan where the game was fucking developed. Right, right. Uh, and this, we're, we're getting the translation way after the game's finished. And, uh, you know, it's, it's what they said. It's not an easy, no, no matter what, armchair programmers sitting down on the internet saying, oh yeah, I can do this in five lines of code. It's like, you know, you're, you're not on that 
development team. You didn't make this game. You don't know what the code is and what might break, what might not. And you're basically asking something that's completed and just needs to be translated and shipped uh, to be redone. To, you, you know, blow back up those that software and, and get back cracking to it so you can recode this thing. Um, and I, I think it's, you know, I think it's good that Nintendo said, okay, so... Uh, we didn't see this as being a mistake, but we're going to go ahead and fix this mistake in the future. And we want all our gamers to be included. And everyone should feel included. But I think, you know, this is my problem with the Far Cry 4 thing as well. I think if you're going to put your energy into this shit, there are far more demanding causes than your fucking niche Nintendo game that no one's heard of. Yeah, but I think it's I think it's really cool that they got Nintendo to even say anything about it. Because like I said, to me, this is a company where... I just feel like they don't. I I feel like Reggie probably is sitting in his office and and has to call in like an assistant and be like, "Who is this Ligbit community and what have I done to upset them?" And they had to well, like, you know, he had to like bring his kids in and they sit him down and they're like, "Dad, sometimes men love men." You know, they're just they're they're so sweet and so uh, there's a childlike wonder to Nintendo that. Let me let me give you a hypothetical situation here, right? And and it's hypothetical. You're gonna say. Uh, person who really wants to play Tamodachi Life, and he's probably like one of the few people in the United States of America. He's one of the few gamers that has ever heard of this fucking game, because I certainly had it, right? Remember, hypothetical situation, so this guy hears he's going to get it, but he's like, okay, there are no same-sex marriages in this game. Let's just say, maybe this guy lives in a state like, perhaps, Arizona. Florida. Arizona, yeah, or Florida, but we'll say Arizona just for the sake of my argument. Let's say he lives in Arizona, where, you know, uh, same-sex marriage is right now a huge legal issue, and you actually have restaurants putting up signs that we're not going to serve you if you have a partner as the same sex as you. Uh, Let's say this is a huge issue that actually keeps people in the state from getting married and from being with their loved ones, and you're living in the state, and you say, well, do I want to put my energy into changing state legislation so I can go ahead and get married in the real world to my partner? Or do I want to make a Twitter campaign and take the actual, you know, marriage equality symbol and go ahead and hijack it for my ridiculous little niche uh, title and make a big deal of that instead of putting my energy into something that's a bigger issue? It's a lot easier to write a tweet than it is to uh, go to a party. Actually do something. I guess I guess you're right. So throw that out the window. Uh, but I, I do agree with you. Like, why don't let's let's fix the remaining, however number states, ridiculous number of states that we have left to, uh, you know, let's worry about that before we worry about well, the three DS. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We 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 might in this hypothetical situation, this person that started the campaign might actually live in Arizona. That's what I'm saying. Sure. Yeah. And uh, you know, to that person, I'm sorry. Right. That's right. That's hypothetical person that that doesn't exist. Yeah, and you know, I just I, I'm glad things worked out in the video game. In the video game, let's put it that way. Yeah, I think that I think that it's nice that Nintendo has an, announced that they're gonna you know try to be more inclusive in the future and try to do a better job. Uh, so uh, all the props, all the kudos to them for for stepping up and and. Uh, you but know. I have this question now. Um, after the media frenzied over the Me Quality campaign, right? After they frenzied over it and pointed out how homophobic uh, Nintendo is and how insensitive they are, did anyone report after uh, they actually got the victory? Because the only reporting I saw was from the Me Quality campaign itself. I mean, it was a lot smaller. And, and yeah. I, I, I think a few, a few others reported it, but it wasn't any of the usual 
people crying foul. I've seen I've seen some people who implied that it wasn't a victory anyway because they're not changing anything. Uh, and, and fair enough, they don't have to. But I I think that there are a lot of people who are skeptical that anything I will thought, actually be different when the next one comes out. Yeah, well, thought, maybe, thought, maybe, maybe Nintendo shouldn't have put no homo in the press release. <laughs> God. Um, well, there goes my uh, intelligent conversation on this one. Let's move on. And Gabe, no, no, you guys, you guys make your points. Come on. I, I don't think there's any more point to make out that. I think, I think, I think I made my points. I think my first point was uh, it's a lot of energy to put into something when we have a couple of uh, bigger, more serious problems. And I'm not saying anyone's you know smaller issues what they take issue with. I'm not saying that doesn't affect them and that's not important to them. But I think if you're going to actually put your energy into starting a fucking campaign especially in a state like arizona if you're living there and that's your current residency where it's a huge issue yeah fictional man in arizona god damn it (laughs) i think i think there are better places to put your time and energy and i think as far as the media outlets are concerned i mean it is what it is when we discussed this before it's that they're doing it for the ad revenue they're not doing it because they actually give a damn so. Sure. Everybody, everybody benefits from a frenzy. That's uh, tale yeah. tale as old as time. So, and we've we've issued the mantra many times on uh, on this show to you know go out and do something instead of yeah. instead of not doing something. But you know what? You know what? In this this is a case where not doing something got something done. It wasn't something that we needed done necessarily. But, but it got something. It got something done. It got, it got something done. So there so you go. All, all the kudos there. I I think that. Uh, I, I think it's only fair if you're going to start, you know, Nintendo's obviously spearheaded uh, Miis and creating these avatars that are in your own personal likeness. It seems only fair that you would let those avatars also share your personality. So it's it's going to be a nice thing to to see moving forward. So good, well, while we're on that job. case, while we're in that case, where's my victory for Mario Kart? Because that's fucking racist as well. How is, uh, go ahead, lay it out for me. What do you got? There are no minority characters in Mario Kart. And of all of all the human characters, and this includes Toad and Toadette, all of them are white. Uh, that's so, true. Toad is white? What? He's, you, guys, you guys haven't seen this article? He's white colored. No, man. I, I No, I haven't. <laughs> I, I think, I think you shared it with me. I, I think I, I do remember reading this. There, there, there are claims that uh, Mario Kart is uh, racist. It's just kind of a cliff note in a big, in a long review. Well, but it, not just Mario be, Kart, but all Mario games. No, it's mostly he's, he's mostly focusing on Mario Kart Eight. But you're right, you're right. Um, and he basically says that there are no minority characters in the game, and that's racist. And he calls Toad and Toadette uh, Caucasian. Yeah, and I mean, like they're both a, a little overweight, and you know. Clear caricatures of the of the white elite, uh, you know, wealthy fat cats getting rich off the backs of hardworking Americans. Yeah, and when they pull into first place like that, that's just sending a message home that you're never going to get into Harvard. And if you do, they're just going to blue shell you. Yeah, yeah, just always some always some lucky white kid in the back ready to blue shell you. <laughs> <laughs> So I think what we're getting at. So Harvard check. Where we've landed is everywhere, everywhere, and everything is racist, and the people who are trying to fight against it are not fighting hard enough. And shame on you. Yeah, so. I think we. I think we worked. Does that. that does that summarize this podcast yeah. pretty yeah. well so far? <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, <laughs> so what? Is, 
you you guys have both been playing Transistor, which was released yeah. today. And a lot of times we don't get a chance to talk about games on their release day just because, you know, uh, times can be hectic, blah, blah, blah. You, you might not get a chance. What are, what are you guys' impressions of it so far? Because I, I need to confess and say that I'm, I don't really care. Like, I wasn't really looking forward yeah. to it. That's fine. I know that a lot of people are uh, losing their minds about it, and so I guess what I want to know is: is it justified, or is this well, I, I, is this just Bastion two with a yeah, woman? Yeah, that's, that's my first question to you. Have you played Bastion? I have, and and I I liked um, it, but I didn't think it was you know. Yeah, I think it's I, I think it's more or less Bastion two. I mean, it's definitely kind of its own thing as well. But if you've played Bastion, you know a little bit what you're in for with this game. Yeah, I mean, it's got the same isometric uh, point of view. It looks like. Yeah, and this and the story is definitely it's not the same, but it's got uh, some of the similar themes. I would I would say. Now, does it have the? Because I always thought the coolest part and probably the most innovative part of Bastion, which for all the love that it gets, I don't think is a very innovative game. Uh, but the narrator in in particular. See, now that's that's what I want to hit on because uh, you know Lucio is free to disagree with me, but they bought the narrator back in a sense as the transistor as as the weapon as the sword. There's um, a sword, by the way. Yeah, the transistor is a sword, and the sword basically uh, talks to you the entire game. He has a comment on every single thing, and it's not working for me, not personally. I like for me, just kind of gets on my nerves after a while. I just wish he would shut the fuck up. It's not. It's not the same voice or anything, is it? It's not the same voice. He kind of reminds me of uh, who's doing the voice. Do you know Lucio? So some guy. Um, what's his name? Mm, some guy. Well, he reminds me of Spike Spiegel. Cowboy Bebop. Uh, Stephen Blum. Stephen Blum. That's who we remind me of. That's not who's doing the voice, but that's who he reminds me of. Yeah, yeah. I, I hadn't actually found it yet. Let's see if I can... And, you know, he's, he's a good actor. Lo- Logan kind of Cunningham. Like... Logan who? Logan Cunningham. And, you know, he's a, good, he's a good actor. It's just, you know, it's like being in a car on a long on a long drive. And that one person in the seat next to you, they just won't shut up after a while. And you're like, I'm going to tune you out. And I'll come back into the conversation for a little bit, but I'm going to tune you out again. How old is this guy? He looks like a little kid. <laughs> I know. Oh, there's nothing wrong with that, but he he just looks like a he looks very young. Actually, I, I wait, wait, wait. I do like the the narration. Wait, 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 wait. I think this is the same narrator. Yeah, this is the same guy. Yeah, this it's, guy from Boston. It's the same dude. Man, he's he does not look <laughs> like his voice. Yeah, it happens. Like, he doesn't look like a, he doesn't paper. look like a rugged. But so is it, yeah. So is that the no, case? It's he's... not a rugged Western voice anymore. It's okay, so he's kind of toned toned it down a little bit, and because I mean, swords don't—they're not rugged. No, they're kind of rugged. Well, I mean, like a big a big gnarly sword could, but this is like a sleek, you... sexy like cyber katana, it's, right? Yeah, no, it's a huge sword. It's a huge, big ass sword. Oh, she she has to drag it through the entire game. She can't lift it. She can lift it. There's something kind of charming about that, though, isn't there? Like, like uh, in Child of Light, that's how it is. Every time you, every time you do your victory thing in Child of Light, you hold the sword up in the air and then you drop it on accident because it's so heavy. <laughs> well, I've, have you have you ever actually used one like that? A sword? I I have. I've used to. Uh, I used to do a <laughs> stage course. combat. Oh, okay. That's actually an okay. Yeah. I thought we were moving into like no, larping no. territory. Don't or... you dare! Don't you dare! Hey, there's nothing no. wrong with a little larp. <laughs> no, I used to do stage combat, and those things, those big swords, are fucking heavy as fuck. You had to drag it. Well, I mean, if you're a wimp, you do. <laughs> yeah, you're All right, no fair point. Logan Cunning, Logan Cunningham wouldn't have to drag it. 
Logan Cunningham. I don't know, man. He doesn't look like he can lift the sword. He's so cute. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I had no idea. That's, you, that's... This is a new guy crush. I'm, okay, now I have to look at him. <laughs> Holy shit. That is not what I was expecting. I know it's not. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he just won a spelling bee. Not like... No. Not the wow. Who knows how old those pictures? Well, good. Congratulations, Logan. I I think that's always, I I think that's uh, says a lot about the craft when you look up a voice actor and you're like, wow, didn't expect that. Yeah, <laughs> those are those to me are the best voice actors. So that's true. I, I like, think that's pretty sweet. You don't look like how you sound, so congratulations. But so his but so his sword voice is maybe not your preferred voice. I okay. I it's just it's just it's just. A little different from the narration because it's not so much telling a story and it's nice that he has like a comment on the environment and sometimes it's a nice comment that i'm like oh, okay that's that's cool and then it's other times it's like uh, dude i just want to turn on the radio for a little bit so it's uh is the i think part of the problem is that the chick doesn't speak red because the yeah. plot is hey, that hey, she was a singer we don't use the c word here that's right i'm sorry babe the woman say hey that babe doesn't <laughs> yeah Hey, that babe is fine. Yeah. That'll yeah, be, that'll uh, be uh, fine. Hot cakes, sweet cheeks is good. <laughs> hot cakes. <laughs> um, anyway, the thing, the problem is that Red doesn't speak. Uh, and I don't know. I kind of was expecting her to. I mean, yeah. the kid kid in Bastion doesn't speak either. So, I mean, it, yeah, sounds, but like, it sounds like they've kept the status quo for the most part. I do. The, the story, the story in, in Transistor seems to be a lot more personal. Is, is the tech side of this a little bit improved? Because like I, I, the narrator was was fine, it was great in Bastion, but it became really obvious that it was just you know kind of like tripped by going down certain paths, and uh, you started to kind of see the seams behind it a little bit. Is this one a little bit better gonna, at reading what you're doing? Go, and I'm going to go let Lucio go first there because I do have a comment on that. Um, no, the thing is that the, the yeah, it, it is. It's the same thing. Um, but it's the same. It's the same thing, or it's better? Because my question was, is it better? No, no, it's it's the same. Okay. See, I, here's uh, here's what I think. Is I think we should describe the system a little bit. I think it's basically. It reminds me of Parasite Eve. In um, you know, there are moments where Aya could uh, she can run around and Red Red can run around and take action kind of personally, and then you can freeze the action and a little um dome comes up, in which you select your attacks and uh, no. your, your series of moves and all that kind of stuff. We're talking about the narration, though, not the actual combat. The which one? The narration. Oh, you're talking about the narration. You're well, still talking about the narration. So what I was yeah. what I was just saying is that it was so, it so became... in Bastion. In Bastion, when you, when you were doing the narration, the narrator reacted to what you did, but you could see after a while that there were specific oh, yeah. things that triggered yeah, everything. That's insane. He was mostly just reacting to whether whether you walked left or right and stuff like that, or, or sometimes yeah, yeah. sometimes or like if you shot someone. Or, or, yeah. And oh, so what, what I was wondering is if the sword was more aware, I guess, of your actions and maybe it was a little bit more impressive. Uh, I, I would have kind of expected that for something that sounds like it's relatively iterative of the, the last entry. I thought maybe, well, maybe the special sword knows when you're... I don't even know what else you can measure, to be honest. But no, nope, that's the same. <laughs> All right, that's, that's what... what I was saying There's is that talk about than just the the voice. Uh, but there is one last note on the voice, which I do really like her singing voice. That's really nice. Yes, and the, that's the other point. It's like they made a huge deal of her being a singer, and she doesn't speak. And the whole part of the plot is that they took her voice. So, like I said, it's more personal. Yeah, like Ursula taking Ariel's voice in Little Mermaid. Right. So it's it's more personal than. Bastion was, 
in Boston, you were kind of just, you know, you were the kid and you woke up and, you know, everything was fucked up and you were trying to put it back to her. This feels more like these guys basically stole who you are and you're trying to get back at them. Well, so, yeah. wait, but if the story is that your voice has been stolen, doesn't that pretty well justify a non-speaking protagonist? It does. It feels weird, though. I, I see. I'm not saying it's not justified. It's just... You wish that he would have you, you done something expect- else, like steal your car or something, and quest <laughs> to get the car back. You know, so far I I I, I heard the um, because I wasn't able to finish playing it, but it starts out it starts out as a pretty typical revenge quest. Like here are the people that fucked me up, and now we're gonna go get them. So so tell me more about the combat. What's what's new? What's so, improved? Obviously well, a sword. It's it's a sword, but it's a different combat system from uh, Bastion. Um, and this is why I had a commentary about the uh, depth the you know with bastion i think um it felt like you could choose your strategies and all, and all that kind of thing stuff and uh transistor is the same where the um you know it comes down to kind of your how you build your abilities you basically have a deck of abilities that you pick um similar to kind of any mmo you played but what's a little bit unique about it here is you can augment these abilities uh with other abilities so let's say, for example, you get, you know, your little chain lightning ability and you get your little stealth ability and, you know, you can either use your stealth ability on its own or you can combine it with the chain lightning and create a different effect, like use your chain lightning and I forget what specifically it does or what will just say it makes you invisible after you use it or something like that. And you can augment your abilities in a nice way. And I think that's really cool. The problem I'm encountering here with the system is the same problem that I encounter every time I see a customizable system like this. It's just there's some abilities that are like super effective and you're going to want to use them all the time. And then there are just abilities that might as well not be in the game because you're not going to get any mileage out of them. Mm-hmm. And like I said, the combat itself, it's, um, you know, it kind of freezes it for a second. A dome comes up, uh, you select your skills and then... She goes nuts on the enemies. Um, and there's a lot of really, really, really nice stuff about the system that I really like. It actually so, uh, it actually sounds like something I'd be into a little more than I uh, would say tra- I was into Bastion. It's very strategic, and they do they do start playing with it a little bit more as the game goes on. I, I mean, I, I think I, I feel like I made, it, made a decent portion. I've gotten down to the bosses. It's um, there's, so, there's, some, there's some things, and in comparing notes with other people, it seems like there's some things just strategically that you're going to repeat. And I think it's I think it's a little endemic of just RPGs in general. I it's 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 weird how customization works. It's like there's some stuff that you, you just kind of fall into cookie cutters after a while. And you realize, you know, sometimes, you know, in a game there's just stuff that you everybody starts realizing is overpowered and everybody just ends up doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And it and I you know, I think I think what it does nicely though is that um, there's some skills in the game that typically, if you haven't found them useful in other video games, that you will actually find them useful here. Like uh, charm comes to mind. Uh, charm's ex- awesome. Yeah, charm's charm's a great skill. Charm to have. is overpowered. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. And if you combine it with like um, with breach, yeah, then all, yeah. all you're doing is you shoot a, shoot a a beam through like four guys, and then they take on the rest of them. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's it, there's a way. That's yeah, a pro so tip. By the way. <laughs> yeah, so I think I think that's nice about it. I think I think some skills that aren't really useful just typically in the genre are really kind of good here. Um, 
and yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely it's definitely fun. It's a great looking game. Yeah, it, yeah. it looks uh, it looks really nice, and I, I think that's something that Supergiant excels at is making games that are are very pretty and, and nice to look at. So, and the I, music is amazing, which is also something that I would expect from them. Uh, uh, the Bastion soundtrack is pretty great. You can that that's a worthy album to purchase, you know, and just and keep that in your collection. Like that's, yeah. So it's good to hear that those things are are stable. I mean, obviously the same narrator, whether or not he's as good is up up to suggestion, I guess. But I'm curious. You have me more curious than I was before. So we're we're very early on, but let's just end with this. Just succinctly, it's $20. With what you have played so far, would you tell me to spend $20 on it? It's definitely one of the stronger games I've played this year. So would yeah. you? I, I didn't. I didn't ask that. I'll, I'll you let you. Political answer. I'll let you know when I throw a softball question at you. <laughs> I, what I'm asking is, it, is it worth twenty dollars? And if not, how many dollars is it worth? You know what? I want to say yeah, it is worth ten dollars. Oh, it's twenty. For all of you playing. I don't know. I think. I think. Just wait for a Steam sale. I mean, it's waiting for a Steam sale is not a bad idea. Knocking a few bucks off. That's the thing. I, I can't say you have to go out and buy this and play this right away, but it's really, really so. No, really no nice. is no is what you're trying to say. <laughs> um, maybe not for me. Maybe not for me. Th- that's me. But that's me. Keep in mind. Keep in mind. I I'm a little displeased with elements that people really, really love in the game. Well, maybe maybe let me ask a second question then. Do you think yeah. this is going to be a game of the year contender? Not for me. How about you, Lucio? If it keeps going this way, maybe. Ah, all right. No, there's something that you need to understand, though. It's like I'm all about cyberpunk. And change. Yeah, see, that's the that's other thing. You have to really be in the mood for this. And I think when I played it, I was like, Lucio is going to love the shit out of this game. Um, I'm me, not so much. <laughs> so there's something to say to that. So if it's, you are it's into... cool, though. It's, it's let, let me ask you a question, Jared. Have you read Snow Crash? Uh, yes, I've, I've read a so couple. So you're probably of... going to dig this. Well, I, did I say I like Snow Crash? I said I read Snow Crash. Okay, so maybe not then. No, it's no, it's, it's, I, I, I'm more a Gibson fan than a, uh, then, well, than a Stevenson is, oh, fan. No, we, didn't, we didn't even talk about the best part of, um, of Transistor, though, for me, anyway. And that's how they build the world in this game, that is which isn't well through done. the narrative. It's actually through just small interactive objects, and you'll get on something like a message board or be able to order a pizza online. It's a small, nice thing, but the best part about how they develop the characters and the city and the world, all of it's through your skills. Um, every skill that you get used to be a person. Um, they get you know, absorbed into the transistor, and the more you use that skill, and if you use it in different ways, the more of their life story kind of opens up in the uh, compendium or whatever you want to call it. Uh, are these like people that you killed or like? No, they're people that you find dead already. Well, some of them are people you kill. Are they, are they bad people? Are they good people? They're, they're just they're just the people that made up the town, and you're going to find you know artisans and civil servants and basically people that make up a city. Huh. All right, that's kind of dark. Well, it, yeah, and, and going more into it, I guess we'll qualify as a spoiler. Yeah, so don't don't tell me anymore. That's fine, but uh, but that's pretty fucked up. It's pretty it fucked, up. fucked up. You're you're you're, absor- you're absorbing people, and you're taking on their memories in order just to use them to you know shoot someone. Typical Saturday night. Yep. It's fucked up in a very uh, Gibson way, actually, now that you mentioned it. Yeah. yeah there's... And, that's what, and that's what reminded me to talk about it with this Gibson. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Well, let's let's move on. So you've also, uh, Jay has probably been playing the most 
stuff this week, I guess you could say. I have been playing the most stuff this week. So today today we released your review for uh, Vertical Drop Heroes HD. HD. Do you want to, is there any anything that you want to talk about on here? I, I, I played the Flash version when we got this for just, oh, for just the tiniest little bit, just to, just to see it and check it out. It's completely different from the Flash version. Well, not completely different, but it's a, it's a different game from the Flash version. It's more different from the Flash version than a Transistor is from Bastion, put it that way. Yeah, I, I got that vibe okay. from it, I think. Yeah, so it's... um. So basically, the only thing that's the same is you're going to drop down through the levels, and you can still free heroes. The difference is, in the Flash version, you would become the hero, and that basically served as your life bar until an enemy would knock you out, and you would just become your little loser yourself again. And in the, uh, you know, in the actual game, in the release, the HD release, uh, you can free them to assist you, but you're a different hero each time. And uh, you basically roll your hero at random. So, and it'll be called some crazy little thing like uh, a dead spy or, you know, Oak Slayer or something weird. Um, and they just have completely randomized weapons and, and stats and abilities. And you just take them through the level until they die, basically. And so something that you were kind of explaining that I thought sounded pretty cool is it feels like the game has a large emphasis when you're collecting items and collecting power-ups. You're not so much empowering you on your current run but you're strengthening yourself for your next run is that is that right yeah that's exactly right um you know so it's basically it's it's funny because it's like the idea is the next hero is always going to be better but that means you're always not excited for the hero you're currently playing even though that's the improved (laughs) hero (laughs) um so that's kind of that's kind of the thing and um like i said the story kind of opens up with a concession that a lot of people are going to die trying to fulfill the prophecy and you're going to play each and every one of them until you finally get the one uh, guy or uh, the one um, uh, sexy mama that completes the mission. Now, did you play uh, Rogue Legacy at all? Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds a lot like Rogue Legacy. Very, very similar, I, yeah. I think, in concept. Just just the emphasis on uh, kind of future generations, uh, you know, being being better. Although I assume, since it sounds like it's quite random too, I, I I'm assuming that you could also get a much shittier character. Yeah, you can get a shitty, shittier character. I've heard, um, you know, the the Rogue Legacy comparison before, and I played the Rogue Rogue Legacy, and uh, um, yeah, I think I think in, as far as that system is concerned, it's similarish in a sense but yeah you can definitely also get a shittier character um which has happened to me a couple of times where i would have someone who was like really fucking good and, and would just fly through the levels and then they would die and then i'll get back bounce back to the screen and you get someone who's got like a bow and arrow which is um kind of not the weapon you want to get and a bunch of skills that are just bad and you're like okay this guy's gonna die in uh two or three levels yeah it, it sounds kind of like a mixed bag like i i think that i think that's really unique and really cool to have this emphasis on all right next time will be better but it is kind of a bummer and, and you know what it almost feels like is there's kind of a dark souls element to that like like in dark souls your your first run up against a boss is pretty much always gonna end in, in shit unless you've started <laughs> right. up co-op or something like that like you're just gonna get spanked, and so you're you're almost entirely just relying on. Well, next time will be better, and and you know even you know even just walking in that like yeah this isn't gonna go good. Yeah, and that's basically it. And after a while, in vertical drop heroes, you know exactly when you're gonna die. I'm like, oh okay, this one's bucked. 
Uh, I'd rather think about the next one. Is it possible to kind of, because obviously the nature of the way the levels are laid out, is it possible to kind of make a run for it in a lot of cases? Like, can you just take a character as far down as you can go? Or is there really no incentive to doing that? Yeah, I think it's a mix. <laughs> a little from column A and a little from column B. I, I think if you're on a really good run, you know if you get to that next portal, um, your character is going to have their health recharged and you can try and struggle on the next level and do better. But I think for the most part, if a character's fucked, you're going to be like, oh, okay, well, let me just go ahead and get as much gold as possible. Uh, you know, just like crack open these chests and maybe I'll get enough experience points to refill the health, but um, maybe not. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. I think you just want as much gold as possible so you can improve the next character that comes up. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, I, I like a lot of elements of that. It actually sounds kind of intriguing in a way. I, I see the pitfalls that you're describing, but at the same time, it's, it's a unique enough concept that it sounds pretty cool. And see, truth be told, that's why, because I did wrestle a little bit with the, um, you know, with the score that I gave it. But after a while, I was a little addicted. I'm like, okay, this hero that I just rolled looks really fucking cool, so I have to try them out. Yeah. Um, this will be I the one. This will be the one, and it never is. But um, <laughs> And I, you know, like I said, it's definitely, I, I can't think really of many other uh, platformers that you can play like this, which is also the really nice thing about it. It's pretty budget friendly too. I think they were only asking for like four ninety nine for it. Yeah. So, yeah, so I mean that that's not bad for what you're describing. I think. What else have we been playing? We got vertical drop heroes. Oh shit! Did you get caught up on The Walking Dead? I did get caught up on The Walking Dead. I guess we can't spoil it because somebody here. Oh, that's all I, all I. All I want to say is Clementine the Barbarian. God damn! Am I right? <laughs> for the interest, for the interest of the podcast, go ahead. Well, so we won't. I, I don't want to ruin anything too bad, but I'll just I'll just go ahead and tell you right now that like this this season, obviously you know Clementine's the main character, um, and I don't know about you, Jay, but like mine has just gone from like pretty hard ass to like stone cold motherfucker. Like, just... well, here's the here's the thing. I was when we both played the first episode. I I don't want to say that I was. Um, a good person in the first episode but i was pragmatic in the first episode did you and it sounded like you just went for the throat straight up as clementine in the first episode yeah because you didn't so the big thing that i did the, the big like awful thing is you get the opportunity to kind of make a veiled threat at the pregnant lady that you'll, yeah. that you'll yeah. reveal and like damn it was diabolical when i did it like yeah so you did that <laughs> I I, I, went so for, I went I went for the lighter threat, which was the one where she just said, you know, you better be nicer to me. Um, I'm just sitting there like eating fucking cereal, and I'm like, hey, <laughs> hey, watch your fucking mouth when you talk to me. <laughs> well, well, that's the thing. That's a that's the thing. So in the in the first one, because I think I think in the very first episode, there are a couple of ways to take one. You can play her as the scaredy cat, which I don't think anyone did. You can play her as the nice girl, uh, which I'm sure a few people did. You can go kind of the more pragmatic approach which i did which was like playing it a little i felt a little smarter and then you can just be kind of the dickhole and threaten people and do what jared did <laughs> um hey man whatever it felt so good. when i so when i got to episode we know, we know about uh, jared's evil with from the yeah. rust things so. but here's the thing when i got to episode three and um you know i'm like okay well i know jared likes his kind of a uh, cold-blooded approach but i'm gonna p- keep playing the pragmatic way, but by the time I got to the end of the episode, I'm like, nope, here we go. Yeah, I'd be that 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 cold hearted, stone cold killer Clem. That's who we have to be. So 
um, I, I think that we can, I can at least ask you about your choices without ruining it for Lucio. Um, towards the end of chapter three, you are given the option, a pretty major option to uh, stay and watch a traumatic event, or you can choose to leave and not watch it. I Pure, Purely for I, your enjoyment. I, I stayed and I watched every moment and I sucked it in and other characters are like, you should come with us. I'm like, nope, I'm going to watch this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm glad to hear that. I, I, I think I think most people will probably wind up doing that for staying and just taking it all in, really. And and I almost didn't stay because I wanted to see it, but I stayed because I was like, if I leave, I know someone's gonna fuck this up somehow. Well, and it's not only that, but it's like I think you're at a point in the game where you kind of want, where you really want this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like this needs to happen, and then and then the and then the moment right after it as well. Well, so that was going to be my next question. Is so you you leave, and yeah. uh, and obviously the the last big moment of the game. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm not sure what the final like like literally the last image that you see before it cuts out is if you make one choice. But uh, so basically you can you have an axe and you can drive it into some flesh or you can drive it into some skull. Which one did you pick? I went for the flesh. Did you? Me too. And I have to say <laughs> that was a great thing to cut to black to. I was. <laughs> Wow. Okay. I was sitting in my chair like, "Holy shit!" Well, I mean, by the end of that episode, I I felt that you know Clem was basically ready to rip the heads off of dragons and drink their blood out of their skulls. I I don't usually I don't usually fanboy out about games like this, especially for The Walking Dead, because I think the show is terrible and I think the comic is much much worse. I think they're both just awful awful from a writing standpoint but god if this game just doesn't do it for me somehow and so i, I love i love sitting and, and talking about it and you really need to get caught up lucio so that we can just have a podcast where we just talk about <laughs> how fucking badass clementine and yeah, i'm a badass and uh, her name is clementine <laughs> She's oh Clementine, and she's ten years old. Fucking fucking ten year old Clementine <laughs> might be the most like hard ass, <laughs> sweet character that I have ever seen. Yeah, I mean her yeah. name may as well be like like Daisy Lily or something. You know, <laughs> jeez. I mean Clementine Daisy Lily the Destroyer. You don't you don't think that Clementine's gonna fuck you up? Clem fucks you up. She's not playing. <laughs> I don't know, and man. I'm still. Still. I'm still at this stage where she will remember things and it makes me feel bad. Oh man, no, this this goes somewhere totally different. It is so uh, I good. Think, I think she definitely remembers things. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, she she does not forget. <laughs> mine, mine does not forget. She remembered every slight. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, remember when you looked at me bad? Yeah. <laughs> you're not you're yeah. not gonna like what happens next. Uh, well, what happens when you're growing up in a zombie apocalypse? Yeah, yeah, and you know she's probably one of the it. And so, like, I, I've I've talked about this. I don't think on the podcast, but so the show's biggest problem is, and the comic too, to an extent. But the show has this big problem, which is a lack of competence. Nobody really knows what they're doing, and people do the dumbest shit ever for seemingly no reason, or just because they're being absent-minded and stupid, and. In The Walking Dead, Clementine is like the exact opposite, and like you can yeah. make a lot of choices that still turn out bad for you and wind out wind up being you know like bad ideas and get people killed and stuff like that. 
but the level is nowhere near the same. Like, like the the TV show is like, oops, forgot to lock the gate. Now the zombies got in. Oh, no. Or it just yeah. stupid. That's, that's, that's kind of a problem with the genre in general. Well, but yeah, I think I think I think in episode one, um, I mean, or in season one of the, of the video game, when you had an incompetent character, if you didn't kind of cut them off right away, then uh, they really fucked things up for you down the line. So and uh, I think, you're not even done with season one, are you, Lucio? Um, yeah, I was going to I was going to talk about Ben, but I guess we can't. Yeah. See, that's what I, I but I think he's a good point. I think I think. You know, there are certain places in episode, in, the, in season one where you basically have to make the competent decision or you're going to be fucking yourself down the line. And I think that's really nice about it. And I think in, uh, in season two, Clem's basically the most competent character to the point where everyone's deferring to the fucking 10 year old girl on what they should do. Well, so the thing <laughs> the thing is, is that in in a video game, when you make a stupid choice, it was your choice. Uh, yeah. When the t- when characters on the TV show make a stupid choice, you're sitting there yelling at the TV like, "Why are you doing that? Don't go! Don't go in there! What is wrong with you?" Um, you know that that kind of stuff. But the video game makes it much more forgiving, and so they could even have a lot of that same sloppy writing. I don't necessarily think they do, but they could, and I'd probably be a lot more forgiving of it because at the end of the day, they gave me the choice, and I'm the one that made that. Nobody thinks their own choices are bad, right? So that's right. what I'm getting at. But like, there's a, there's a part in the first season where I guess, again, we can probably work around this without spoiling it, where Ben asks you to do something for him or to him, I guess you could say. And yeah. uh, I did. I did it almost immediately. I was like, yep, you got it. <laughs> and <laughs> and I, I got a lot of I got a lot of grief from that. Everybody else seemed to think that was a terrible idea. And not uh, everyone, not everyone, man. I didn't even hesitate. I was like, OK. I didn't hesitate either. The, the second I got the choice, I was like, "All right, it's done." He he probably didn't even. If I could have made it happen, he wouldn't have been able to finish his suggestion. I would have been like, "Well, <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you got it." Oh. <laughs> anyway, I, hopefully that didn't ruin it too much, Lucio. I'm sorry. Well, I uh, I suspected something that was going to happen to Ben. Yeah, he's just kind of a fuck up. He's just kind of general. a fuck up, and I'll just tell you right now, it never gets better. Yeah, he's a, he's a fuck up till the fucking end. And not only that, I did actually, despite all my hard assness and saying that this needs to happen right away, I did actually look it up afterwards, and I'm really glad I made the choice I did. Really? Uh, you know what yeah. I? You know what I did uh, pick up over the weekend? Um, I was just thinking about it, and I, I was I, I can't remember what was going on. It was my it was my birthday on Saturday, and for my birthday, I did nothing. Right, happy birthday. I just sat around and and deliberately did nothing, and it was wonderful. It was everything I thought it could be, and <laughs> but while I was while I was sitting there collecting my own filth, I was like, I want to play The Walking Dead, but it's over. What can I do instead? So I picked up The Wolf Among Us. Oh, okay, that's pretty good. Like, I, I was. I, did you play it at all? Well, I got I grabbed the free version for the um, iPhone when they were giving them out, and I haven't tried it yet. So I have to just comment that I feel like I feel like a it so the chapters feel longer than The Walking Dead. Okay. Uh, B I feel like it tracks a lot more of my choices. Like at the end oh, of really? a, at the end of a Walking Dead episode, it'll maybe have like five data points to be like yeah, you did this this something like five. Yeah. It feels like Wolf Among Us, and I'd need to go back and count, but I feel like it had like almost eight. Oh that, wow! That it tracked. Hmm. 
And um, they also seem to have greater repercussions. Um, in, in The Walking Dead, if you save somebody, they're probably just going to die five minutes later. It feels like, I don't necessarily know this, but it feels like the wolf among us maybe won't, won't quite go that route. And a lot of it is... A lot of it is simple stuff, but like there's a guy in the first chapter of The Wolf Among Us who I ripped off his arm and he's going to hang around for the rest of the game with no arm. And I feel like in The Walking Dead, it would just be a moot point because he'd just get shot in the next episode or something like that. Uh, not always in The Walking Dead. I think that's the uh, I think that's how it keeps you on your toes a little. But. It would have been nice if like so there's a there's a character who is missing an eye at this point in the game. And yeah. it would have been nice to help that character to keep that eye, uh, but it's not even an option. Like, no matter what you well, do... I, I think you're looking at it the wrong way, because, you know, if you try and help him keep that eye, then um, Clem gets a badass scar. Does she? I, well, I don't know if it's going to be permanent. I don't, I, don't think it'll, I don't think it'll stick. You definitely. I know you tried. I know you tried to help him. Yeah, of course I did. Every everybody yeah. uh, would have done that. But so I, I guess my my point being that um, it, Actually, it, it doesn't it doesn't <laughs> feel like it would have been that hard to just make the eye like a choice. Like okay, this guy has an eye for the rest of the game, or he doesn't. That doesn't right. feel like that major of a wave. And I feel like they're not even making a concession with that. They're just like okay, he loses an eye no matter what. And I don't know. It's it's not. It's not this like super awful thing, but it's something where the the wolf among us feels like it has more of those repercussions. Like I'm going to look at this character from now on, and he's full on not going to have an arm anymore because I've ripped it the fuck off. Eh, I get you. Take that, and he's yeah. not he's not important or anything. He's just a side character, but it just felt more impactful. Uh, the Walking Dead does a really good job of making me feel impactful in the moment, but then in the long run, not being impactful at all. I I, I do think that in uh, The Walking Dead, if we're going to start seeing more of those choices, we're going to start seeing them. We have to start seeing them in the next two episodes because that's how the last season was. Um, the last season. That's true, and the last season did surprise me with how much stuff they remembered. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'll be curious to see how how it plays out here, and same for Wolf Among Us. But if you if you're jonesing for more like Walking Dead kind of stuff, I would definitely recommend it. It feels very similar in spirit, and maybe even a little bit deeper. Is that is that it? Is that all anybody's been playing this week? I think we covered everything. I think it's just about everything. Wolfenstein came out today, but my copy does not arrive until tomorrow. Uh, I wasn't going to pick it up at all. I was going to skip it because I think it looks bad. I'll just straight up like this is this is not going to sound like a very biased review, but I just think it <laughs> doesn't look like a very good game. And so I'm more than willing to let it surprise me. But I got a couple of gift cards at like the last minute and I was like, yeah, why not? Yeah, I picked yeah. up a uh, Dragon Guard, but that doesn't arrive until oh, yeah. tomorrow either. So. And I picked up Jack Squad. I just had nothing but... Uh, horror before me. Well, so like several months. I don't want to ruin the surprise, Jay, but I mailed you a nunchuck today, and no, I was good. like, I was like, it seems a shame to make a package for just seven dollars. We may as well <laughs> include. So I included another game with the nunchuck. I think you're gonna like it. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to ruin anything. I think that I've done a pretty good job picking games out for you so far. Uh huh. And I think this is going to be no exception to that rule. Uh, you're uh, gonna get you're gonna get a lot of use out of that nunchuck. Okay. <laughs> well then, big time. I guess we'll just wait and see. Of course, oh, after oh, after I bought it, I saw another one where I was like, "Damn it, I should have gotten him that." And so I don't know. Maybe there's another package coming your way. Oh, good. <laughs> Yippee. 
Good for me. Yeah, you're going to love it. So, And hey, if you love it, then you should go check out our website. It's enemyslime.com. And, uh, you know, go follow us on Twitter. We're at the Enemy Slime. Same for Facebook. Go go do both those things. Uh, did you did you like the podcast today? Then you know subscribe to it or write to us and tell us how much you loved it. You can write to us at contact at enemyslime.com. You can also tell us how much you hated it. Send us some of that. We we love it. What else racist? Yeah, how racist we were or how we yeah, accused on, you on, of not me. doing enough to solve racism. Whatever we did to upset you, I want to. I'd like to hear about it. You know why not? So. Uh, yeah, follow us via those channels. Send us some emails. And I think, unless either of you guys have anything uh, left to say, I think we're probably good to go. Yeah, we're. No. All right, well, there you have it. Just like that, we are out. <laughs>